0: Hey, this is Sofia Ruiz and today we'll be mapping acne on the 15 Minute Matrix.
1: Welcome to the 15 Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist, and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The Matrix is so important not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, recommendations, and outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15 Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Sophia Ruiz. Sophia Ruiz is a holistic esthetician with a passion for empowering and supporting women through their acne journey. Through a combination of education on holistic healing, integrative evidence-based skincare regimes and her small batch holistic skincare, she's been able to help dozens of women clear their skin for good. Hi, Sophia. Welcome to the 15 Minute Matrix.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
1: I'm excited to be here with you. I love watching you on Instagram. You really make the acne journey fun and down to earth, even when it can be like a total struggle. I had acne so bad. I had cystic acne, you know, I'm way past that time in my life, but I didn't have anybody like you to guide me through this journey and make it like real. Can you just start us out, Sophia, by helping us to understand how you define acne and what it is to your clients and your audience?
0: Yeah. So acne is really on a spectrum, which is really crazy. Um, It can range from having just like bumps on your skin that aren't inflamed, which we refer to as comedonal acne, which is just comedones that aren't inflamed. That can be like blackheads and whiteheads. And then we have what's called pustular or papular acne, which is when you get those kind of inflamed pimples with maybe like a little pus in them. (laughs) So gross. Yeah those are that's you know like mild to moderate and then you can go all the way to cystic and like even globular acne cystic acne is you know those deep ones that you get under the skin um sometimes you can have cysts with rosacea which is just redness and um so it it really just it's just it's a whole spectrum um so it can be the definition is really broad um but you mm-hmm. could just, all different kinds of acne.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting to think back about my own history. You know, I now have a Hashimoto's diagnosis. I'm in my mid fifties, but I look back at my teenage years, my early twenties, how much stress I was under and how much stress I put myself under as a type A person. And then how that manifested in my skin. And when I look back at my family history Nobody before me seemed to have the kind of acne I had. Where do you see for your clients and audience that history or ancestry or, you know, predisposition to acne land?
0: Sure. Yeah, I think it primarily, um, you know, acne can be epigenetic, which, you know, is it can be caused just purely by environmental factors without a genetic predisposition. Um, But I would say where the genetic predisposition comes in is through the hormone kind of tendencies. So a lot of women, especially with acne will have elevated levels of male hormones and uh, you know, everything from your gut to your liver detoxification to you know, all of these different factors that we often, especially the gut, you know, you get it from your mom, um, all the microbes from your mom, when you're you know breastfed and through vaginal birth. And so depending on your mother's you know microbiome, that's directly transferred to you. And so that's really where the predisposition comes to through the gut. And through what you've inherited from your parents in terms of like liver detoxification, even where you grew up, sometimes there can be a connection there. And that really will determine your predisposition to developing excess male hormones, which can then directly contribute to acne.
1: Yeah. So many good connections there. It brings us to the center area of the functional nutrition matrix where acne kind of falls in every area. You're talking about the gut and the gut microbes. Of course, it is inflammation, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. I mean, the root cause of acne is 1000% inflammation and free radicals, which are directly interlinked with inflammation they they they're like in a feed-forward cycle where inflammation causes free radicals and then free radicals causes inflammation right so the anything that can inflammation or free radicals is going to be related to acne so yeah it's really looking at your matrix it's everything on the list basically
1: (laughs) Yeah, we can tick around. I mean, we'll come back to environmental inputs because that is those that's that epigenetic yes. uh, factors that you were talking about. You mentioned the free radicals, yeah. detoxification, skin is one of our biggest detox organs, right?
0: Yeah. And what's really interesting is that the skin is like a bi-directional detox organ. So, you know, you excrete toxins that, you know, they they go from your liver into your blood and then, you know, through sweat, you're able to excrete those toxins. Well, the skin also interfaces with the toxins in our environment directly. And it's so interesting because those cyp enzymes that are in your liver that help to detoxify compounds you know that we come in contact with those same enzymes are actually in the skin so your your skin is also like an actual detox organ where it detoxifies the pollutants that it comes in contact with in it's in, in the environment and so um and actually that can actually be a trigger for acne as well because you have these cyp enzymes that when they bind with these toxins They release free radicals as a byproduct, and so that can directly contribute to acne formation through different cellular signaling mechanisms. And it basically is telling your skin cells like overproduce and proliferate. And then when those skin cells reach the skin surface, and then they have to be exfoliated off, it can got to be too much for the natural exfoliating mechanisms of the skin. So then you get all these dead skin cells that accumulate on your skin, and that's when you get pore clogs. And so it's it's really interesting. It's like, yes, it detoxifies the inside, but it also has its own detox mechanisms that when it's overloaded, it can actually contribute to acne, which I think is so fascinating.
1: Yeah. It's just really fascinating to listen to you, Sophia, because I'm just struck by how responsible we feel when we have acne and how hard we work at it and we may be doing all the wrong things. It's really one of the biggest signs that there's something more going on in the body. And I, I want to get to that in terms of what we do to our skin and also what we're putting in our body. There's nutrients that I had to learn along the way before I was yeah. a nutritionist that support skin health. There's Uh, environmental factors that we're exposed to, that we're breathing. Can you just bring us into your approach to addressing acne from the inside out?
0: Yeah. So it's so funny because you can think of almost any nutrient and there's some sort of mechanistic connection to acne, but there are definitely some really, really crucial ones that I think are so important. Magnesium, Is definitely one of them. Magnesium is so amazing because the way that I view acne is we have all of these organ systems in our body that when we have one that's not functioning properly, it can then, you know, kind of dismantle the balance that then facilitates clear skin. And so mm-hmm. magnesium is one of those minerals, one of those nutrients that just targets pretty much all of the different organ systems that are related to acne. You know, it supports the nervous system to help us maintain healthy stress levels. Um, it's great for the kidneys and reducing the effects of angiotensin II, which is a it's a hormone that basically is increased in response to different mineral balances and that can have direct inflammatory effects on the skin and so you know it supports the nervous system the kidneys it supports just basically the inflammatory defense as a whole. Mm -hmm. And then the other really interesting thing about it is that it activates vitamin D3. So to turn vitamin D3 into its active form, you need magnesium. And that allows you to fight bacteria on the skin. It contributes to reduced sebum output, um, you know, really balancing out the sebum levels. And so um, magnesium is one of those core things that if you have acne, you know, pretty much everyone, you know, it's like 70, I think it was like 75% of the population is deficient in magnesium. Yes.
1: Signature, signature mineral. We all need it. We all need it. In some form. Yeah,
0: exactly. And so magnesium is really one of those things. And vitamin D3, you know, obviously we need the sun. And, you know, that means you need to get a little bit of sun exposure without sunscreen safely, without burning. And then, you know, people who are in kind of more northern climates can potentially look into supplementation with a naturally derived vitamin D3. And so those two are definitely the core ones. And then vitamin A is really interesting too, because it is the precursor to immunoglobulin A, which has antimicrobial effects on the gut to reduce pathogenic microbe overgrowth, which can have an inflammatory effect on the skin. But then it also increases immunoglobulin A in the skin, which helps to fight bacteria overgrowth in the skin. So those three ones are definitely one of my top three. Obviously, obviously there's so many um, and all of them yeah. have benefits on the skin, but those are definitely one of, some of my top
1: three. I love it. I I think what you listed is so important and vitamin A is qu- sort of at the root of some of the more toxic skincare remedies that are used, right? They are like high, high dose. Yeah. Accutane is like a derivative of vitamin A. Do I have that right?
0: Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's an analog kind of similar compound. Yeah. yeah it does have it acts on the same receptors as vitamin A. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's what I did back in the day Uh, twice, actually, went on Accutane. And when my son was asking me to go on and I was like, nope, we got some other solutions (laughs) here. So if we stick on the right side of the matrix, and we're kind of in the realm of nutrition here, um, we're talking about important nutrients, but I want to also talk about hydration because- you talked about the kidneys, you talked about detoxification. It seems like it's an important factor, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. And then also if there's foods we should think about removing from the diet that help with clearing up the skin.
0: For sure. Yeah. So hydration, I think is really interesting to talk about. You touched on some of the mechanisms, you know, detoxification and the kidneys, um, hydration as in like osmotic volume, like the volume of hydration in the cell can actually, when it gets too low, can actually contribute to cortisol. There was a study that um, showed that runners who are hydrated have lower cortisol levels than runners who are dehydrated. And so it's interesting how hydration can kind of directly play into our nervous system health, which is related to acne. And when it comes to the direct effects on the skin hydration is really really essential and obviously when we're talking about hydration in the skin it does come from how much water we drink internally um but then it's also about sealing in the hydration on the skin and preventing it from evaporating out which is called transepidermal water loss and that Mm. skin barrier is broken down. And so we have to really nourish our skin barrier to maintain that hydration in the skin that we're getting from the inside. But what that hydration does is it really contributes to our natural exfoliation mechanisms. So there's a little enzyme in our skin that helps our skin to basically slough off these dead skin cells through a process called desquamation. And that enzyme doesn't function without water. So you need water for exfoliation naturally. So, and that can help from with everything from aging to acne, just to overall skin health and look and feel, which is really, really cool. You know, water is so amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. um, yeah, But in terms of foods to remove, one of the top ones I would say, and I'm sure you would agree with this is vegetable oils, industrial processed Mm -hmm. oils. Um, You know, they can have inflammatory effects On the gut, on the liver, and when they are kind of incorporated into our cells, the unoxidized omega-6 fatty acids that are so high in vegetable oil, they can actually, when we have these inflammatory reactions to certain things, they can actually add fuel to the fire and make this inflammatory reaction worse. So across the board, vegetable oils, I think, are like the number one thing. Like if you do nothing else, if you remove vegetable oils, that will greatly contribute to clear skin. But one of the other ones that I think is probably a little bit more controversial um, is saturated fats. Not that you should necessarily mm-hmm. remove them, but studies have shown that high loads of saturated fats, without other fatty acids like omega-3 fatty acids and omega-9 fatty acids, can actually, if you if you consume them without those other fatty acids, it can actually contribute to excess male hormones in women with PCOS. And then you also have, you know, this when people have gut issues saturated fats have what's called a lipid raft. And they basically take the outer membranes of pathogenic bacteria called lipopolysaccharides, which are also known as endotoxins. And they basically just hitch a ride on these lipid rafts. And then the saturated fatty acids take them all throughout the body and can kind of elicit like an inflammatory reaction systemically, which can then contribute to acne. Um, And studies have shown that Acne patients actually have a higher sensitivity to lipopolysaccharides, which is evident from that suggests that basically uh, acne patients have leaky gut. (laughs) Right. So, but it's interesting because saturated fatty acids, in the absence of leaky gut, can kind of create like a pseudo leaky gut where you have these endotoxins that aren't necessarily escaping the tight junctions of the intestinal tract but they're actually hitching a ride right on these lipid rafts. So, it's not to say that saturated fatty acids are bad not by any means, but when they're not in balance with, you know, these other fatty acids like omega-3s and omega-9s, they can actually potentially contribute to acne through the hormones and through the inflammation that can happen after you eat them. So, um it's a really interesting and kind of controversial topic, but I've seen people who have been on high saturated fatty acid diets. You know, it's kind of like a It's kind of one of the things to do right now is to cut out all polyunsaturated fatty acids and just consume saturated fats. And I've seen people who have come to me and they've been like, you know, I'm doing this specific diet that is all saturated fats and I'm still breaking out. My hormones aren't balanced. I feel as, you know, the worst I've ever felt. And I'm like, oh, the saturated fatty acids. (laughs) And they remove them. And next thing you know, with the right skincare, they're like, a thousand times better so yeah it's those are definitely two things that i would say I've seen have been a big factor.
1: Yeah, so important. And I want to get to skincare, but there's so many things you're talking about, Sophia, that are so important. And (laughs) I think this really speaks to the fact that one size does not fit all. Taking a functional approach and really understanding for people that when they adopt a diet that isn't necessarily for their own health, but for some theory or some goal that they're trying to achieve that doesn't have to do with their body can really cause havoc. And this is where we have to get out of dogma and diet. Mm -hmm. Theory and into the needs of the individual, which you're speaking to beautifully. I have to say, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are on refined sugar and skin. I know for my son, and he's 20, probably doesn't like me talking about him. But one of the things that he recognized, because he grew up not eating sugar at all, that was how he was raised. And then at a certain point in his, you know, young teens, decided if it was gluten free, and if it was uh, vegan, just because we were dairy free, and it had sugar, no big deal. And so he would get like homemade treats, we live in Portland, Oregon, you know, you can find that stuff. Yeah. And then he would notice that if he didn't eat the sugar, he would have less breakouts. So he naturally made that decision. And as a result, his sweet tooth, he doesn't have a sweet tooth. If I make baked goods, he doesn't <laughs> choose them. But what do you see as that connection that he kind of naturally found in his own tracking? Bravo for him, by the way, as I tell this story. Yeah, g- good. That's so good. Most good boy. do that on their
0: own. That was so good. Yeah, the refined sugar—I mean, it's a huge player. I think it varies from women to men. For women, refined sugar and spikes in insulin and glucose can um, directly contribute to male hormone production. You know, whereas in men and and women, it's just a different mechanism that can potentially overlap with that. You have what's you know called advanced glycation end products. Yeah. is, are produced in response to elevated blood glucose, and those don't just contribute to acne; they also contribute to aging. Yes, so they're oxidative, so they create free radicals, and so um, that's definitely one of the mechanisms by which acne can form in response to refined sugar, um, and potentially some increases in insulin growth, uh, insulin-like growth factor one. Studies have shown that that might be related to acne, but it's kind of controversial. The IGF one thing, it, it, you know, it looks like it's more of an issue for. Teen acne, but not so much adult acne. So Mm -hmm. potentially, it could cause refined sugar maybe more of a problem in teens as opposed to as you get a little bit older. But at the same time, for women, you know, you have that hormone component that is exists you know, throughout your whole life. So yeah, that that's definitely it just it varies from male to female, but overall refined sugar, whether it's acne or aging, just is a (laughs) a no-no. Yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, one more thing before we get to skincare is stress, because that was a huge trigger for me. This probably relates back to the nervous system and the hormones like you're talking about. But for me, the stressors Of you know big transitions in my life, how hard I worked in school—that's where it always flared the most. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're going to lead back? Are you going to lead us back to hormones there for what's happening with the cortisol and the connection to the sex hormones? Yeah, so I mean,
0: there's there's a bunch of different connections there. There, One of them is the hormones. You know, stress can increase DHEA and. Um, and can potentially contribute to other male hormone increases in women. Um, But one of the other interesting mechanisms by which stress can lead to acne is cortisol can actually downregulate our ability to fight bacteria. And so I've seen with, especially with Women with chronic stress, they have a really hard time keeping bacteria in check on their skin. And so that's when I oftentimes will introduce an antimicrobial because you can have the skin in a perfect, you know, the pH is balanced and everything's, you know, it's getting supplied with all of the things that it needs to facilitate clear skin, but they just can't keep their bacteria in check. And that can be because of stress, just because the, it stops your skin from being able to control the bacteria. And so um, that's one of the one of the mechanisms by which, you know, it can lead to acne. And then it can also induce a state of, especially chronic stress, induce a state of glucocorticoid resistance, um, which is when your cortisol receptors start shutting off because of how much cortisol is coming at them. And then eventually that will interfere with your ability to downregulate inflammation because cortisol is a powerful anti-inflammatory. You know, obviously it's also a stress hormone, but it's a powerful anti-inflammatory. That's why people with eczema um, get cortisone creams, because it, you know, helps to control the inflammation. Um, so, you know, if you can't keep inflammation in check, that's when we can get acne again, and, uh, along with a host of other things. So over time, we don't really know when stress can get us to that point. And at what point then you begin to recover after stress levels have normalized. But we do know that it's a potential issue.
1: Really well said. You're such a smarty pants and we will definitely link to your website. I want to ask you before I let you go about skincare, what should we be looking for that we put on our faces particularly but there's other areas of the body that can get acne too. So what should we be looking for?
0: Yeah, so I think one of the core things that we should always be looking for is was well, it's two things that I think are the most important and then having our body be able to utilize those things is another, you know, Component of that, but linoleic acid, which is an omega-6 fatty acid that's found in seeds and nuts that has been demonized, but in its whole food form, you know, pure, beautiful form, it's actually quite healing to the skin. And it's what yes. repairs our skin barrier and makes sure that pollution doesn't get into our skin and cause inflammation and aging. Um, so, linoleic acid is the direct precursor to ceramides, which are what make up our skin barrier. So, I would say linoleic acid in its true, unoxidized, beautiful form is super healing to the skin all over the body. Um, And then also I think anti-inflammatories However, that, you know, whatever form that comes in, whether it's, you know, plant compound or it's vitamin E or it's CoQ10, these fat soluble anti-inflammatory ingredients, which our skin is a fatty organ. So it needs to use fat soluble compounds. That's what it likes the most. That basically helps to prevent both acne and aging. And then also just, you know, keeps your skin in its most beautiful true form when inflammation is at only at the level that it needs to be. And so by using these anti-inflammatories, we really ensure that. So the two together, I think
1: are just beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. I love it. And for the linoleic things like evening primrose or borage oil, is that, would that be examples?
0: Yeah, so borage oil is actually, it's rich in linoleic acid and one of its enzymatic byproducts, which is called gamma linoleic acid, which is even more anti-inflammatory, so even more beautiful. But you can get linoleic acid in things like black seed oil, rosehip seed oil, raspberry seed oil, prickly pear seed oil is a really good one. Anything with high linoleic acid and lower oleic acid is going to be great for the skin.
1: This is so good, Sophia. What a great conversation. I kept you longer than usual because you had so much to share. Thank you so much for joining us. And I really encourage everybody, we will link to both your website and your Instagram. But thank you for all you share every day.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
1: The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix is produced, mixed, and edited by Rowan Bradley with production support from Natalie Merrill and the team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website. 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified by email each week about our podcast releases, head on over to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Also, please feel free to get in touch with us. We would love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, and who you'd like to hear next on the podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com.